So our friend from Australia was saying something to me about uh, someone who's very dear to her, Sailor Bob, and about Sailor Bob's a guy in Melbourne who's uh, whatever, you know, Nizagadada, and started speaking about this stuff a long time ago. But I'm hoping he's talking about what, what you're not. That's right. Is he? Oh, good. All right, because that's the reason why, well, in hindsight, you have to make up a story anyway. But I went to satsangs, and, uh, and uh, I remember I was speaking in L.A. once, and the people said, well, you went to satsangs, and that's what motivated you to speak. And I said, he said, oh, what you heard at the satsangs motivated you to speak. I said, no, it's what I didn't hear at satsangs is what motivated me to speak. Because there was a very important aspect. It's sort of like when I was in this program called Delancey Street, right down the street, a drug and alcohol program. After about a year or so in that program, I felt I needed something. I couldn't put my finger on it, yeah? But I felt like there was something that I needed. And so what I did was I looked around the program and I asked the people who'd been there the longest. And they had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. So I was sure I was going to be leaving there. And what it was, in hindsight, was recovery. After I went back out and 10 months later, I washed up in the shores of AA and I met what I was, I was looking for. I didn't know what it was, but when I met it, I knew it, yeah? The same thing with satsang. I was going to satsangs and I was listening to people and it's a beautiful space, you know? And, uh, and they would be describing, you know, unconsciousness, I'm, you know, I'm no thing, I'm all this and all that. And it's, you know, could be very inspiring. But there was something going on that I couldn't put my finger on, you know? Because there I'd be at a talk, and uh, there was still an us and them in the talk. There was the person who supposedly had it, and there was everyone else who didn't have it, which is just the essence of duality. Yeah? And so, and they're all talking about it, yes? And, uh, but he, the person was up higher, you know? You'd have to sit, you know, silently, and, until they escaped, you know, after the talk. <laughs> it was just like weird. And then the guy said something to me that uh, was very cool. And he was from the Zen lineage, so to speak. And he said uh, a famous Zen statement, which is, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. Yeah? Said, oh. And that got my ears. And then he started laughing, which I hadn't heard him laugh like this. And he says, it's even funnier than that. I'm a man standing in the river selling water. And then I just walked out, and that was it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go to eat. That was it. <laughs> Are you wet or not, really? That's the whole point. So what I saw was there, was, there has to be a denial of the wetness to drive it up, to have an extreme interest in getting wet, yes? So there's got to be a denial of something that may be so, and then there's this false affirming it by looking for it, yes? But you're wet. You're, you're, you are what you're looking for. So then it, it hit me, well, if I am what I'm looking for, and you know, this whole thing, like when I was young, we went to Catholic school and they would tell us the three attributes of God, and God is omnipotent, all-powerful, 
omniscient, all-knowing, and omnipresent, all, you know, everywhere. And I would really, you know, innocently wonder, why am I not running into it, you know? How could I not, you know, I'm running into people I don't want to run into, and I'm, but I can't run into that which is everywhere? What the hell is going on? There's got to be some kind of obscuring that's occurring that's causing something that's quite obvious not to be obvious, yeah? And if, if you take, even if, if you just have a little taste of that kind of curiosity, it's going to lead to you, yeah? Because you're going to see, just like in AA, one of the great first waves of, uh, of change is seeing your role in things, yeah? Well, that's, that's let's say, you see the role like, I, uh, you know, that guy punched me in the face at the bar, motherfucking this and that, but then you go home and you look at, well, I was making eyes at his girlfriend a half hour before, so you see your role in it now, before you only saw the guy punch in your face, yeah? So now the aperture open, you see a little more, and then you see your role, and then for some, there's a lot of relief there, just that little thing. Well, that's an example, but that example can be on a much larger, larger scale, where like in The Course in Miracles, that which was a download into some lady's head in the 70s, they say, you are the dreaming of the dreaming. That's a huge role you're playing. Not that you're in, you're, you're in a dream, but you're the dreaming of the dreaming. Yeah, that's incredible to me. That, that's way beyond, you know, I made eyes on that girl at the bar. That means, and then the Course would follow up, which you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has, which also implies a large role, yeah? Because it's using two absolutes in one sentence. You and I are giving everything, which you can't escape from there, all, which is pretty inclusive, so everything, all the meaning it has. So what, to me, it's not, it's, so there's that information, and you hear it, and you would wonder why it can't get through, because there's, there's an activity, the mental state is claiming to be the hearer of the message. So even when something hits an aha, or resonates, it's usually a very, very low-level echo, because the loudness is what you're not, yeah? So to me, the whole thing I was missing at satsangs is everyone was describing what I am, consciousness and everything. When I need to, I have to have a description of what I'm not. I've got to see that I'm in the act of being what I'm not, listening to what I am. And that's why it isn't going anywhere. That's the obscuring. I can have a perfect description of what I am, it's not going to get through because one I'm not is going to hear it and, and the only way what I'm not is going to know it is conceptualize it, which isn't it. So as soon as what you're not hears about what you are, it nudes the message. It nudes the message. It isn't like, oh, randomly it nudes, it nudes the message. It's sort of like, well, there used to be a painting here, but the frame, the frame, right? The frame defines the picture. The picture doesn't fucking change the frame. So the frame is this, this identification as what you're not, hearing about what you are. That's why it's worse to freaking come to satsangs in some respects. Because you're, it's, you're, what you're not is getting reinforced, yeah? And therefore, obviously, in its day-to-day -day sense, it doesn't feel like what they're describing. Oh, I am love. No, you know, oh, all I am conscious. Which is, no. So you're feeling like, well, what the fuck? I must have done something. Yeah, so the self-centeredness, 
guilt and shame around this. And then you see the damage the word enlightenment does and awakening does in these, in these little circles. The people would have been much better off never hearing the word enlightenment or awakening. Much better off. Because enlightenment now is being used to, to produce more agitation. When one of the definitions of enlightenment is cessation of all suffering, we're using it to promote suffering. So this whole idea, that's why I started to speak, just like I left the Lancet Street, because I knew they didn't have what I needed. I checked it out, it wasn't there. I didn't have to look under 50 rocks, I looked under five, and then, you know, I got it, it's not there. The same thing at satsangs. I kept hearing these descriptions of all I am is consciousness and this, and yet what's hearing it is what needs to be pointed at, yeah? What I'm not needs to be pointed out, and I have to point out what I'm not to what I am, instead of constantly pointing to what, about what I am to what I'm not. I've got to switch it around, where I want to speak to what you are about what you're not, instead of speaking to what you're not about what you are. It doesn't go anywhere. It goes a lot of where's, yeah? <laughs> but not, yeah. So the first point of this is, the message is not coming from this and is not going to that. It's, we're throwing it over the head of the mental state because the mental state is a finite idea. It doesn't have an infinite reach, yeah? And you can't miss the target of everywhere. You can just throw it up behind here, this and that. There's no, you don't need to fucking aim because you can't miss, yeah? So we're, we're talking to what, I, what we are about what we're not, and that's worked for me. That worked, that correction changed everything. I lost all interest in fucking the mind candy of talking about I'm an 11 dimensional fucking light being and the shit like that, because it's still framed as this body idea. So now the body has another fucking burden to carry around. I'm 11 dimensional light being. <laughs> Fuck, it's hard enough to feel like, you know, you're not good at like painting, but now you're fucking, yes? Same thing, it's like the whole, the Course in Miracles, main emphasis is guilt, yes? So the guilt is, is that we believed we separated from God or from the big everything. The arrogance of this thing, unbelievable. And so now we're always playing out that, in, that, in, that innate guilt that I fucking, I really fucked up. You know what I mean? I left the Godhead and here I am in this world. And because the self-centeredness can only see how everything pertains to it, it believes it must have done something to leave God, to be in here. So the guilt is so unbearable, it tries to dump it on everything else it's dreaming. So it wants to have perpetrators so it can have the forgiving mask, like the innocent mask. It needs to have all the shit that's happened in your life to support that it's innocent from it, yes? This is an insane slavery. So the whole message is you can study what you're not, you can study it, yeah? You can understand what you're not. You can know it. You can, you're experiencing it all day, yeah? You can't apply that to what you are. You cannot know what you are. You cannot study what you are. You cannot experience what you are. You're relegated to one possibility, and that's being what you are. And we are being what we are, even though we don't think so. We are being what we are. There's no point where it began or ended. You don't choose it, it's not volition. 
the I am is a fact, yeah? And then there's all these additions that cause, that attempts to obscure that fact. So now instead of the emphasis on I am, the emphasis is on Paul. So there's I am Paul, and even the I am is now used to imply that it's Paul, yeah? So the onness, the inherent onness, is being used to light up the idea of being Paul. It's actually, it's its most authentic source because that I am is always available at all times. And therefore, Paul gets a hit that it's a long-lasting, independent, separate thing. Yeah, that's going to override and outlast all this other shit, which is bogus, it ain't, yeah? 90 years is freaking nothing. <coughs> 90 years is nothing, yeah? So, so what I was interested in is seeing how this obscuring factor occurs, yeah? And to me, I called it selfing, yeah? Because it's, a, it's, a, it's the using of a, a lot of mental processes to reinforce this idea that you're a someone. So the memories, you can just look at it as a basic format, not, oh, well, you know, don't go to the particulars, just see memories. Memories, when you go into memories, they picture you as a body, yeah? So what we're remembering ourselves as all day is as a body. When you're thought about, you're thought about as a body, yeah? When, you're, when the perceptions are occurring, the perceptions see things, yeah? You see your body and then you think you're seeing from a body. But I, Kawain Po, a great master said, a great Zen master said, whatever can be perceived, which is bodies, cannot be perceiving. Whatever can be seen. So that assumption is just cut off at the root right there. Because the assumption is, is the perceiving verifies I'm the perceiver. And the perceiver is crowned as the body. Yeah? But I'm not. So what am I? No, don't fucking go there. See what I'm not. And you'll find out what you are. You don't need a description of what you are. You are it. It's best to find out it. You know, find it out as you're living. Better, it's better instead of hearing shit and then having ideas of how it should look, you might as well just go off of that. Don't fucking spend any more time reading about the ultimate oneness. Doesn't go anywhere. Just see the relative two-ness, yeah? See, are you, are you the object that's subject or is there only subjectivity? Are you a noun? that is the cause and at the effect of all the verbs, or is there just verbing? I mean, come on, you have the ability to see, yeah? All you need is a little bit of a nudge with a little bit of an understanding. The understanding is just a catalyst to the seeing. It doesn't replace the seeing. It can't be replaced with understanding. The seeing will illuminate the understanding. That's the beauty of it. The understanding is a damn good lens to allow the light to not get so refracted, you know? It'll come through clear with the understanding. But the understanding isn't the vision. The seeing is what we are. The seeing isn't held by an understanding. The understanding can hold what you're not in a clear way. It doesn't hold what you are, nor does it promote what you are, because there's no promoting what's already here. So you see what you're not, and in seeing what you're not, you find out what you are. It's as simple as that. 
Yeah? So now the horse is in front of the cart, and you'll feel the difference. You'll feel it. Yeah? You don't need to have an authority to tell you you felt it. When, you know, fuck, it's, you feel it in your, like, a gut feeling, unspoken yes or something, and, you know, you'll see blue is blue and red is red. Things will become obvious to you concerning this topic. Well, it may not, you know, spill into finding your keys every day, but it will be available. Your, your, any metaphysical questions will be muted completely. You lose all interest in spirituality as a topic, really, or as a pursuit. I, I hope, anyway. I mean, I'm just, I'm just sharing my observations as well of what's happening to this action figure. It's lost all interest in this thing as a topic, <laughs> completely. You know what I mean? If it can convey and trigger a sense in someone, to me, I'm interested in communication. Communication, not body to body or brain to brain, but mind to mind. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I don't want Steve to get it. I want the Buddha to get it. So, like Hawaiian Ko also says, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yeah, which is such a beautiful statement, because why would he say that unless that's happening quite often? <laughs> really, why would a great master warn us if it wasn't occurring? He's warning us because he saw the obviousness of that Steve, Mary, Bill are overriding the Buddha, in a sense, in this dreaming. And so the message seems to get claimed by Steve, and then Steve does exactly what the message warns us about, which is it uses the Buddha, which is a.k.a. Steve, to look for the Buddha. It's just a simple correction. It's just telling you, hey, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. And he says, you can do it for eons. Eons is quite a long period of time, and nothing's going to happen. I mean, so I would hope that you would stop before eons pass, maybe tonight, you know. <laughs> That's what, that's what warnings are helpful for. They can save you time. You know what I mean? So you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind, big mind, you know, not mental conditions. Mind, you can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. So if you see the underlying impression is your mind, light, and Buddha, obviously. Obviously. Well, why would he be saying that? He's saying, Paul, a.k.a. Buddha, you can't use yourself to find yourself. How hard is that to understand? Now, what will happen? Maybe the head will think it hurt it and try to stop, but then you'll, go, you'll grow out of that immaturity, really. If you stick with these ideas, you're going to go through your little teenage years, maybe, where you're thinking, uh, you know, I can get out of all this shit. Uh, there's no self. You know, I didn't do anything. You know, you'll grow out of that, and you'll realize, hey, there's a Rome, and you do as Romans do. You render unto Caesar what Caesar's, and then I'm not a citizen of Rome. Yeah, I'm in Rome, but I'm not of Rome. Yeah, and everyone in Rome says I'm in fucking Rome, but I'm not of Rome. Yeah, seriously. So now I can travel lighter as a Roman because I'm not a Rome. Yeah, so I'm resting somewhere. Yeah. Not of thought, it's way before thought, yeah? And it's not, it's not, it's not agit agitated by thought, it's not moved by thought, it's not directed by thought. It's a, to the thought, it's an unmovable nothing, really. The thought is all about trying to gain our interest, attention, and send it this way. 
It doesn't want it to rest there because there it's all this is obvious. Yeah? But out here, it can use the interest intention to look for this, in which will never be found because you are what's looking, and it's so it's totally into you searching for hundreds of years. <laughs> really, it is. It's totally into you improving yourself constantly with it critiquing you every week and telling you, okay, you know, you're in a good level now, but watch out. Don't fucking look at that girl. You'll drop a few pegs, you know, it just plays God. It plays God, doesn't it? Really. Like in AA we have a statement, which is one of my favorite statements. You gotta quit playing God. It doesn't work. I mean that's simple. So but this is the little trick. So if that which is playing God claims to be the hero of that, then that which is playing God tries to quit playing God. That's playing God. You can't get out of that. It goes on ad infinitum. Yeah? That which is playing God can't quit playing God. What can quit playing God is God. Yeah? I can see I'm not that which is playing God. That's how you quit playing God. Yeah? You don't quit playing God as that which is playing God, because that would be playing God. You quit playing God by seeing it as something other than you. Yeah? By seeing it as other than you, there's a loss of interest in that which is playing God. And without your interest and attention and what you represent as faith and belief and all these mental mind powers that are being subjugated to this fucking dreaming, this little 80-year obsession, yeah, with you underneath the spotlight every fucking second, yeah, that, that, yeah, that power is taken off out of that vehicle and put into another vehicle, and then you'll see the tree by the fruits it expresses through us, yeah, and to me, what it allowed here is a traveling later, through whatever, whatever Rome I'm in, what more do you want as a citizen of Rome and San Francisco and Long Island? Because it's very temporary, 80 years, but it's damn well it's nice to travel lighter. And, and if the traveling lighter is stabilized, not on circumstances and situations being controlled and managed, but before circumstances situations, that's where the lightness arises from, not the in but the of. As Jesus says, we're in this place, but we're not of it. The of is where the lightness is, yeah? You're not going to find the lightness in here because you're using the light to find the light, yeah? You'll see that you're, you're an expression of light, yeah? Yeah, it's much different. So you travel lighter. So maybe there'll be a large amount of gratitude if you've had the experience of 30 years of traveling really fucking heavy with drug addiction and arrests and getting run over by cars and fucking not able to have a viable relationship with another person and tons of shit. Yeah, maybe it'll make you feel a, such a gratitude when that gets lifted. That's, a, that's like a joyful dream. So as the Course says, you know, you and I are gonna dream ourselves out of the dreaming and as we do, the dream will get happier. That's been my experience here, yeah. So you're either gonna go by realizing you never left, yeah, or you're gonna go by that way. We're gonna dream ourselves out of the dreaming as the little action figure, yeah? There'll be more and more and more a loss of interest in Paul and a gaining of interest in everything else, yeah? So that contraction symbolically will loosen up, yeah? 
so it's sort of like if you had like 800 like specks of light dust held and then the traveling the dream yourself out of dream would be they would open up and they would lose shape and form and you know like those those little flowers you blow and thousands of things come off it would be just like that you travel lighter so that the interest and, con and attention that's been contracted around this idea of being a Paul, yeah, the doer, the thinker, would loosen and slowly the form, the shape, and then just into light again, yeah? To me, that would be like dreaming yourself out of the dreaming, yeah? So the contraction now is expanding, yeah? You have nothing to do with it, you're observing it, yeah? You're not a cause, you're an effect, so something's affecting this great event in your life. And you have gratitude because you know it has nothing to do with the little idea of you. Nothing to do with it. Yeah? So now the cause of all causes is seen through, and now you find your true role as an expression, as an observational event and an expressive event. Yeah? Yeah. So, and that which has taken you over now is going to express just like the fucking lower power of addiction and shit like that, that took you over, was expressing through you. Now what you would call the higher power expresses through you, yeah? You know, you could put gas through a hose or water through a hose. The hose, whatever liquid there is, the hose will carry it, yeah? We don't, we're not just, yes? So we were talking at this meeting Sunday about the statement in AA that we manufacture our own misery, where I don't agree with that because I, I truly believe we're the facility where things can be manufactured. And with the lower power, the addiction having control over the factory, it produces misery. Mm -hmm. It produces consequences. It produces vindictiveness. It produces resentments. It produces fucking sense of entitlement. It produces a lot of shit, yeah? But that same factory could produce beautiful shit. The same machinery could produce joy, serenity, peace of mind, yeah? It's what's running the factory. Yeah? So I don't believe that we manufactured any misery. I believe the facility that can manufacture things was taken over by the parasite. Mm -hmm. And then yet, when everything gets stamped and, and leaves the factory, it's got made in Paul, you know? <laughs> really? You know? And so you get fucking called upon. And you get fucking, you know... Convicted for me. <laughs> so, uh, so what I liked, what I, what I don't know. I was just interested in seeing how thoughts have so much power and stuff like that. And then I saw there was the ownership of the thoughts, the claiming, the my. The word my implies a lot in me, you know, because there's a thought and then there's my thought, and the difference is unbelievable. A thought may be, yeah, whatever, my thought can ruin my day, yeah? And I figured, Jesus Christ, the same thought held in you where you are has no effect on me, and it's driving you crazy, but if that same thought appearing where I am is called mine, it can drive me crazy. So I, didn't, I realized it ain't the thoughts, it ain't the feelings, it's the mind. It's the act of being identified as the thinker and the feeler that's where the bondage lies. So it's a wild goose chase to work on thoughts and feelings, you know? The, 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 the clarity is to see these, the noun of it all, the sense of doership, 
or ownership, yeah? And by seeing that, seeing that my and having that weaken, you'll see the powers of the thoughts seem to weaken. So you've gotten to the cause, really, and it's not the thoughts. So at least you get back to the exact nature of the wrongs. Like we say in AA, you've got to get down to the exact nature of the wrongs. Well, let's get down to the exact nature of the wrongs. Everyone's thinking it's fear, but in AA's point of view, it's self-reliance is what causes the fear. So why not get to the causes? And then when you see the cause, when you see the cause, the effects will change, definitely. Most definitely. The thoughts will sort of, this, the orbiting of the thoughts will open up, yes? There'll be a lot more space, yeah? And feelings will do what they do, come and go, much more easily, yeah? Because you're not fishing for them. You're not trying to hook them into, with the mind to produce a story about them. Yeah? Because some people think something happened 40 years ago and their whole story about themselves now is based on that fucking story. Yeah? Just like we say, a, a miracle happens in an hour, you forget it in an hour, but you've been holding on to a resentment of 30 years that never even happened. I mean, this is what the, this thing's manufacturing shit out of nothing all day. And you got and you're the one who gets fucking, you get the consequences. You better look at who's running the factory. Yeah, seriously. Maybe it's one of the products that's running the factory. So you don't even see it in a way, maybe you do. The idea of, see, there's a statement. Uh, I have a statement I like. It says, that which comes after is implied to be before. Yeah, so that which comes after. So let's say they're seeing, yeah, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Then the mental state arises in the field of seeing and claims the, the seeing, claims it. And it's this is my seeing and implies a seer, right? So now the seer is produced by the claiming of the seeing, but then the seer is implied to be before the seeing. That's how the story is. He now becomes the doing of the seeing when it wasn't, he had nothing to do with it. The seeing got claimed to imply the seer. The seer now gets in, assumed to be before the seeing. That's the bizarroness of this place. So that which comes after is implied to be before. So we're really facing the wrong way, to tell you the truth. So something that's produced in the factory says it's the owner of the factory. Yeah, so you may fire all your employers, employees, but you never fire the owner, yes? You have to see it as something other to entertain the possibility of being free from it, or you'll be trying to be free as it, or through it, or with it, yeah? You have to see it as other. So that's why I use the mental parasite. Is there a mental parasite? I don't even care. I want to provoke an image of alcoholism as other than you. Because the only way you're going to be free from it is seeing it as other. If you keep calling it you, if you keep calling its manifestations yours, you're in the act of being identified as it. Yeah? So all your hopes for freedom are based on that will be there with you, which they, that's not freedom, that's bondage. That's bondage of self. The bondage of self adheres to freedom also. Yeah, so the mind. So when I saw the mind as an add-on, very subtle add-on that changes everything that comes after it, then it was obvious to see it with the feelings, and then you can bring it back to see it with conscious contact. 
you believe you're the seer, the feeler, the hearer, the taster, the toucher, and the whole mental system supports that assumption. Now, how are you going to get out of it by listening to it? And how are you not going to listen to it if you think it's about you? How are you going to get out of it by listening to it? And the only reason, way how it worked with me was when I saw it wasn't me, I lost interest in it because it wasn't about me. Because the way I'm trained as this action figure, I'm interested in shit that's about me. <laughs> so if this shit up here isn't about me, I'm going to lose interest in it just like I lose interest in you. You can't give me anything so I want. Yeah? There'll be a loss of interest in this. And therefore, suddenly, you'll see that the, that the idea of you is a product of the factory that's churning everything else out. It's another product. But see, when this, this product comes off the conveyor belt, it says it's the one that produced all the other products. <laughs> and you let it get away with it, so it takes more and more. Yeah. So the uh, you gets called you, and then it's crowned me, which is uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Isn't it really? That's when you walk into AA with a thick skin of terminal uniqueness. No one under can understand me. <laughs> yeah, you're a run-of-the-mill addict. No, I'm a special addict. No, no one understands me. No one thinks like I do. Yes, tons of people think exactly like you. <laughs> no one feels like you. Oh, yeah, sure they do. <laughs> You're just a Ford. <laughs> you drive like a Ford, you smell like a Ford, you turn like a Ford. You're a Ford. Just keep staring at the emblem. I'm not a Ford. <laughs> You're a Ford. <laughs> this is a beauty in it, really. Because you'll see it as not you. And then you'll find out what you are. Yeah? Stop looking for what you are for what you're not. It's pointless. I'm just humbly telling you it's pointless. I don't care if someone has a loving gaze. It doesn't mean shit. Fuck. <laughs> it doesn't mean shit. You know? People can express enlightenment. There's no one who's enlightened. Yeah? It's a rude awakening when someone you thought was enlightened, you see in another position that doesn't seem that enlightening. Yeah? It upsets your whole fucking story. So what happens? You don't let the story collapse. You get rid of that guru and find another fucking one that you think is more perfect. <laughs> They're all going to fail us because we don't need to be saved. That's the point. All masters and saviors fail us because we don't need to be saved. We've got, we got to get over this idea and finally be your own authority ever, ever, sooner or later. Feel it in your gut. Go for it. Yeah? Entertaining is different than thinking. Yeah. Much different. You entertain and see where it takes you. And if it ver reverberates, just, just allow it to keep entertaining. Yeah? Mind has met its match, which is mind. It's just entertaining itself. Yeah? And then you'll see this as a dreaming, but not as the dreamt. See, when the dreamt sees this as dreaming, it thinks it should have 50 Cadillacs or shit like that, or great joints, or tons of young babes, or lots of money. It bastardizes it. When the dreaming sees it, there's acceptance of the dream. When the dreaming sees the dream, there's an acceptance of it, an acceptance of it. 
Now, maybe the acceptance is there to launch into a changing of something or opening up, but there's an acceptance of it. That's the, 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 the first step is acceptance. Everything has its little moment on the stage and you honor that, yeah? And then see how you're moved. And then what comes through you is it yours. And everything is verbing, yeah? That's why you won't get, you won't get, you won't be put on a pedestal, then you won't have to fall off the pedestal. Because you'll realize super clearly you have nothing fucking to do with this and you will not let people pin it on you either. When I first started giving talks and people started doing this, I said, oh no, fucking way. You're not suckering me into that. You know what I mean? No way. No way. <laughs> no. We're not playing that one. I want to be left alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no, no, no. Yes, please. It's just a simple invitation. Yeah, you've got to serve the spiritual subpoena. You'll be called to your own court, and all your transgressions and trespasses will be null and voided. Yeah, truly. Yeah. So, uh, any questions? Yeah. So, in recovery, once we, once we are convinced, or once we know what we're not, what becomes the role of a sponsor? Is are they just obsolete once we're not? Once we know what we're not? I don't know. You'd have to find that out. It could go any way, really. This is is this is life is improvisational. It's not formatted. The, the interpretation of life is formatted. Life is improvisational. It's like jazz. You don't know. There's no hypotheticals where you can say, oh, this is what will happen. You just find out. But I know you'll never get gypped. The idea that you're, you, you could be out of a moment is gone completely. <laughs> There's no drive to get into the moment because you can't be out of it. You never get gypped. You're here all the time. <laughs> Seriously, so, you know, I mean, you, you may want to try to look like you're more here with a certain outfit or less here, whatever, but you can't check out, you can't change the fact, yeah, because we're all in this here and now uh, confine and nothing escapes that, though the head thinks it can, it doesn't, yeah, so, but I really, very important was, because it looks like you got into the moment, but without much effort or thought. But it didn't, it didn't occur by you getting into the moment. It became obvious by you realizing you can't be out of the moment. That's how it works with me. My whole thing is, has worked negation-wise, complete negation. I don't arrive anywhere. I just realize I'm not where I thought I was. <laughs> That's all that happens. All that all the assumptions get null and voided, and then, like we have that famous uh, yogic mantra. I'd like to use. It's translated a lot of ways, but at this yoga studio, I gave a talk at it. it was gone, gone, gone to the other shore, and like in Buddhism, the other shore is like awakening or whatever. So gone, 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 it's gone, and big G gone. You know, important, big capital. Gone, gone, gone. 
to the other shore. It sounds like distance, doesn't it? Something like you got shot out of a cannon. Gone, gone, gone. To the gone, gone, gone to the other shore. Upon, on, on arriving at the other shore, on having never left. It's so beautiful, really. So, the way, if you switch it around from the bizarre world, the first sentence would be on having never left, and then everything else was arbitrary. <laughs> After, there were maybe gone, 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 maybe one gone, maybe ah, fuck gone. You know, who knows? But the, the, the fact would be on having never left. That would just, just fucking take, just sap all the meaning out of all the other shit. It would, yeah. On, that's why we call the new book on having never left. It's a, such a beautiful, uh, you know, it's just a perfect, can you just, just imagine what it's like if your day was based on having never left. It would be totally different than what it's usually based on. You know, I have fucking dead, deadlines to make in businesses or something. There's always so much movement and drive. We've got to finish, complete something, get to the next something. And then you have the attitude on having never left. Ah, it's beautiful. So cut out all the other stuff and realize, why not realize before you go to the other shore, you, you never left. So just cancel the fucking tickets. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. So your head says, no, you left long. You know, it's just all, it's pre it presents tons of insanities. But if you take its premise that it's a long-lasting, independent, separate thing, and it's this and that, then the logic of it makes sense. But if you see it from outside the system, it's insane. It's a totally insane system. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a solution, like we say in AA. There is a solution. Where, here, when, now. Is it in, I believe, it's inherent because it's always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary. And if the requirement was you'd have to vanquish a non-existent thing, well, then it's inherent, because the thing that you need to vanquish doesn't exist. <laughs> so your supposed condition for salvation has been removed. Ah, you must be salvation. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, how much, you know, what, do you have to like, you know, every year kill a non-existent thing? You just, it's just like getting out of an imaginary place. <laughs> how long would it take to get out of an imaginary place? <laughs> no time. <laughs> what equipment would you need? None. <laughs> if I see... It can't be an imaginary place, because if it was, then I may be imaginary. So, you see, we give meaning to things to make ourselves seem real. Just like when I had my, that Uncle Fred die when I was young, and they took me to the casket, my mom. I wasn't that keen on looking at <laughs> Uncle Fred, but she, brought, she dragged me over there. And I looked in, and I realized, that ain't Uncle Fred, you know. And then, in hindsight, when I, as I got older, I realized, why was I thinking Uncle Fred was the body? Because I was thinking Paul's the body. <laughs> so, yes, it's all projecting. We're all dreaming. So you're dreaming, you're, you're dreaming of bodies to reinforce the idea that you're a body. 
Yeah. And at night you're dreaming. You're dreaming of bodies usually, yeah? Yeah. So all this whole, the whole programming is a body. So you can't rely on it if you're not a body. Yeah? Because if you rely on it, you'll try to become a spiritual body. Which would be great if a body could become spiritual. But it can't. And the wanting to become spiritual as a body denies the, the essence of what you are, let's call it spirit. See, that's the rub. That's the rub when we don't see. You're, you're wanting to produce something that's already so, causes that which is always so not to seem to be so. Yeah? It's just the way it goes. You can't, it's, a, it's mechanical. Yeah? So what's happening is us, and we're pulling into what's not happening. And the only reason why next week has any effect here is what's happening is entertaining next week. We are what's happening. Yeah? We are it. We are reality. As the, like the fear acronym in AA, false evidence is appearing real, that's what's happening. How could false evidence appear real unless it appeared real to what's real? So we're breathing reality into imagination. Yeah, we're reality. We're it, basically. Not as us, but as what we are. So, yeah. All right. Yes? When you go to the 12-step meetings, um, you say I'm an alcoholic, right? Yeah. So. I say it underneath my lip. I'm an alcoholic. You probably don't do it that way. No, I don't. But, but how, um, this is my stupid question, is, is, who's the alcoholic? I don't understand the thing you said. Sorry. It doesn't matter. When in Rome, you do as the Romans do. If you try not to do it as the Romans do, you're more Roman than ever. Yeah. Yeah, this idea. If you want to be cute, just say, I'm a grateful member of AA, so you don't have to say you're now fallen. <laughs> There's a lot of tricky ways. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't. So I've heard this quite a lot. You know, it's a good question, but it implies that I have any interest in that. I don't. And I'm not interested in changing the language. Just take out the meaning of it. You can say I have alcoholism. Yeah. It's just sort of like people who, let's say, if someone's awake and they're diabetic, they're going to take insulin. So people, the action figure has, has a, a parasitical addition to its self-centeredness, which is alcoholism and addiction, and it gets to be extremely self-centered if that parasite gets awake, you know, gets agitated. So you live a life based on principle and uh, of service and stuff, and the, the, the the dog that used to run your life is asleep, and don't tease it. Just, you have to run in the house while the dog's asleep. So the action figure can be like a free-range alcoholic. Yeah? I mean, I don't see any, I don't see why there's any trouble. I just, I, that always befuddles me when people think, oh, this has to, this still has the ability to override what you are if it appears a certain way. I don't believe that at all. Fuck. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah? I mean, there was a guy, a Tibetan guy, uh, another dude that I, I spoke at a, one of his retreats. He's a uh, 
Dok Chen is like the great perfection in Tibetan Buddhism, like non-duality. And so this guy was very famous and seen in, in those circles as an enlightened master. And then he got dementia, and a lot of his students were flipped out because they were pinning the enlightenment on the body, and now the body's drooling and fucking doesn't know who the fuck it is, and, you know, adult diapers and everything, and they're like a little bit shook up. Wow, I thought he was enlightened. No one was enlightened. Something was coming through, just like, you think this hose, the hose can carry a lot of shit. Doesn't mean it's the shit. Seriously. Just like in AA, someone who's humble doesn't know they're humble. That's, the, that's humility. The humility is you don't know. You're not, oh, I'm humble right now. <laughs> you're not like, you're not on a surveillance. I'm like, humble. I'm in peace now. I have people call me and uh, I disappeared for two weeks. Or who's here to tell me that? If you disappeared, you wouldn't even know. <laughs> They're like, who was there to re recognize they disappeared? Come on, stop with that shit. Just fucking stop, you know, watching everything. That's what you do. You lose interest in that. Your interest and attention loses interest in that. That's what happens. You lose interest in knowing how you're feeling every second of the day. You could care less, really. You're just living and fucking around. You know what I mean? You don't have to, how am I doing? How am I doing? You know, I don't know. Someone says, how do you feel? I have no idea, really. At any moment, I don't know how I feel. You know? It's like that old song. Well, we change it. You don't check in on, you know, to see how your condition is, what condition your condition is in. <laughs> you don't care your condition. Because you know deeply it's temporary. It's fucking, you know. It's all this shit is thrown up in the air every day. You're trying to put it all lined up so it implies, oh, I'm connected. Give me a fucking break. You cannot not be. You cannot not be connected. You are it. You know why do you have to pantomime as the shadow to try to make yourself look like you're that? Don't you can look at the shadow can look any way it wants when it's being reflected by no thing. You're not gonna see the no thing in the shadow. You're going to see your concepts about the no thing in the shadow. Mm -hmm. The shadow is improvisation. It's doing whatever it fucking wants. There's no form and no rigidity in what we are. Yeah? So, yes? What are your thoughts about step 10? Step 10. Taking inventory? No what I, well, this is personally for me, I took a lot of inventory till I didn't have to take any inventory. So I did, in the first few years of AA, I did step 10 for two years every day. And then I don't do much of it at all. My idea of taking inventories is to hope to outgrow the need to take inventories. Because <laughs> I'm the slack going on. I really don't want to fucking do anything. I know. So I do inventories when I needed to. I don't need to now. If something comes up, then I'll share it with one of my guys because we sponsor each other, and then if I have to make an amend, I make an amend, and there you go, you know? This is the difference, see, responsibility and accountability. So, this is my view. My dog shits on the neighbor's lawn. Now, I'm accountable for that. So when they call up, hey, your dog shit on our lawn, I'll go there and clean up. But I'm not responsible for that. 
I don't fucking get guilty and shameful for two, three years because of that shit on that guy's lawn. I'm accountable for it. I did that, but I'm not responsible for it, yeah? So all that behavior I, I was performing under the influence of that parasite, I'm accountable for it. I make amends, I do that, but I'm not the cause of it. I'm not responsible for it. Yes? No fucking way. No one's pinning it on me. Because when I was taken over, I would have done to anyone whatever I could do unless you could physically stop me. Really, that was basically it. When I was out there running, there was no fucking, you know, there was no, no, there was no, even not even close the illusion of volition. Once I had enough drugs in me or stuff like that, I was apt to do almost anything. Yeah, so I, this is the thing I have about recovery because a lot of us have the ability, now that we're sober, to realize, oh, we're not, you know, God's doing for me what I can't do for myself, a lovely thing, and then you start feeling gratitude and you're not taking ownership, but I would like to see that applied to before when the lower power had us, because we're still feeling a lot of guilt and shame for the behavior that was exhibited back then, yet we were not responsible for that fucking behavior. Where's the, where is the compatibility now giving all credit to the higher power and not giving all blame to the fucking lower power? You and I still taking all the blame for that shit. See, that I would like to see change. Yeah. Because that's one of the biggest hooks still is the guilt and shame, because one of the most rooted things is the sense of being the doer. And so the real disease is the identification of self, and it's, it's before the disease of alcoholism. So alcoholism affixes on self-centeredness and amplifies some of its qualities, like, you know, like if you just have a little bit of jealousy in you, you drink and use, you're up on stalking charges a few months later. Yeah, it amplifies those. But there is an inherent disease before alcoholism. And when you get relieved of alcoholism, doesn't necessarily mean you get relieved from the identification of self. I would take the relief from alcoholism as an opportunity to get to the exact nature of the wrong. Because without uh, something to land on, the alcoholism can't, it needs to have something to land on. And where the land, where the tarmac, by the identification as being the doer and this, this and that. So the parasite takes us over and then it's disguised because everything it does to us, we'll call it our actions. It's a perfect disguise for it. It's an incredible uh, strategy it has. It convinces the host that it's the host. And, out, and it just thrives in open, you know, it's even in our community of recovery, it's thriving because people don't see they keep thinking, they still believe they're the thinker and the doer and the feeler when uh, something had taken them over. I did, there's a statement, I'll end with this. It says, you will suddenly realize that God could do for you what you can't do for yourself. Well, then you should realize that something did through you what you would never have done for yourself. Yes? Exactly. Parasite took you over and did shit through you that you would never do. Never, ever. And you never have, probably since. So don't get, this is all bullshit, this, this, uh, see, the identify, the ident the act of being identified migrates to everything. Yeah, and very, very rarely do people see it. They don't, they're looking from it a lot, they're not seeing it.
you would hope that by sharing it, you know, it would trigger. And that's why we have the website and everything to keep putting the triggers out there. Because uh, one of those clicks, the, the whole machinery may move, you know. Once it does, and you get a, a hit, man, that hit, even though it doesn't seem to last long in time, has a huge, huge, huge influence the rest of your time. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, we can really cause a troubling later, not based on circumstances and situations, not demanding management or vigilance or control or maintenance. A real free range alcoholic life. Yeah, so. Yep. All right, well, we'll uh, let's pass the basket. <laughs> Mike, can you get a basket?